Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to episode 5 of the Our City Podcast. We got a quick episode today recapping some All-Star Game action. We had the National League fall to the American League in the 90th MLB All-Star Game by a final score of 4-3. to The All-Star Game MVP was Cleveland's own Shane Bieber, who struck out all three batters he faced in his inning of work. Araldis Chapman came in, locked down the seventh straight win for the American League in the All-Star Game. The win went to Masahiro Tanaka, and the loss went to Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers. We'll go a little bit more in depth of the All-Star Game, but first, how about Pete Alonso? Home run derby champ. That was an that was easily the best home run derby I have ever seen. Huge congrats to Pete Alonso. Certainly well deserving of winning the home run derby. Beat out Vlad Jr. in the final round, which I did not think he was going to do. I thought if Vlad Jr. made the final round, no way does Pete Alonso beat him. But Pete Alonso found a way. Going second, of course, gave him that advantage as he was able to be the first Met to outright win the Home Run Derby. Daryl Strawberry won it in 1986, but was a co-champion. But he he's the first outright champion in Mets history. Clobbered 57 home runs combined. Vlad Jr., who he faced off against in the finals, <clears throat> hit 91. And for those of you who thought, I was one of those people, I'll admit it, that thought Vlad Jr. should not be in the Home Run Derby because he only has eight home runs, we were wrong. Simply put, we were wrong. Vlad Jr. put on an absolute show, hit 29 homers in the first round, 40 homers in the second round, 22 homers in the final round. But Pete Alonso hit 14 in the first round, 20 in the second round, and 23 to win it all. Had a walk-off, quote-unquote, walk-off homer in each round to get the win. There was 40 in the second round from Vlad Jr. because he went into triple overtime with Jack Peterson. They were tied up. Then they went into an overtime round. We're still tied. Then they went into two three-swing swing-offs in perhaps the greatest home run derby round ever. Unbelievable. The previous... This is also one stat that I found amazing. Giancarlo Stanton had the first round record under the new format with the time instead of the outs. Had the record for most home runs in the first round at 16. In the first round, Matt Chapman hit 13. Vlad Guerrero hit 29. Alex Bregman hit 16. Jack Peterson hit 21. Acuna hit 25. Josh Bell hit 18. And then Carlos Santana and Pete Alonso had 13 and 14, respectively. So that makes five of the eight competitors broke the previous first-round record in one derby. That is insane. Um, what it's, it's unbelievable. Watching that home run derby was unbelievable. Uh, Pete Alonso takes he wins the million dollars. He gives he's giving five percent to Wounded Warriors and five percent to Tunnels for Tower Tunnels to Towers Foundation. And also he gets the bragging rights, which is something that he emphasized. 
But for that, as many home runs that were hit in this derby, it was unbelievable to watch. It's really all I can say about it. You know, and for those, there's also people saying, you know, Vlad Jr. was robbed and he should really, he really won the home run derby. P. Alonzo won the home run derby. Vlad Jr., though, put on an absolute show. For a guy coming into his first year in the major leagues, I think he came up in the beginning of May, if I'm not mistaken, has eight career home runs. Hit 29 in just the first round. And now, the way the MLB did this, they didn't pick him because he has eight home runs. They picked him because of his name. Baseball fans know Vlad Jr. Sorry if you could hear my dogs barking upstairs. Uh, but Vlad Jr., because he's Vlad Jr., he's top prospect in baseball. Everybody's talking about him. This was perfect publicity opportunity for him, and he capitalized on every aspect of it and when you also have guys that are chasing MVPs and Josh Bell and it was Christian Yelich but because of a back injury Matt Chapman took his place you give guys a little bit of you give all eight of these guys some publicity as well Pete Alonzo who's probably going to be that National League Rookie of the Year Carlos Santana in front of his home crowd Jack Peterson who went toe-to-toe with Todd Frazier if we remember back in 2015 doing it again with Vlad Jr. in the second round. You know, Matt Chapman put giving Oakland A some uh, national attention. All in all, it was the way it was set up was meant for, not meant to see the top eight home run hitters in all of baseball, but to see, it was to see some guys who can hit absolute bombs, but also to see guys who can get their face out there, get some publicity towards them and towards their teams. I think MLB did a great job with it. As much as I didn't like it, in terms of how it turned out, Vlad Jr. in the Derby was awesome. Matt Chapman was a great pick for the Derby. Every single I loved every single guy that was in this Derby. Again, I will admit I was skeptical on Vlad Jr. being in the Derby, but he proved me wrong. Definitely proved me wrong. But I, re- I was watching that Derby. I was jumping up and down during the second round watching... Peterson and Vlad Jr. go toe-to-toe. I was screaming, jumping up and down when Pete Alonzo in the last minute and a half came back to want it, came back to win it. Unbelievable night. And it just got better. And it just kept getting better and better for Pete Alonzo. He looked like he was done in the first round. Then found a groove. Second round, found another groove. He's getting the crowd pumped up, getting them on his side, throwing his arms up in the air, trying to get everybody loud. And he enjoyed, he, you could tell, he enjoyed, he loved every minute of it. He's now the second rookie ever to win the event, joining Aaron Judge, who won it back in 2017 when it was in Miami. Now we'll wait till next year when the Home Run Derby is in, the Home Run Derby and All-Star Game will be in L.A. at Dodger Stadium. Cody Bellinger will presumably be, one of the contestants, Joey Gallo of Texas Rangers, said he would do it next year if he were asked. And there's already the smack talk, and he already said he would beat Cody Bellinger in his home park and pull a Pete Alonzo, who beat Santana in the first round, and he would beat him in his home park. So next year should be a lot of fun to look forward to in L.A. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the All-Star Game, and then we're going to wrap up this episode by talking about the Mets going into the second half, 
what I think they should do, what they probably will do, and all of that good stuff. First of all, the All-Star Game. Like I mentioned previously, AL wins for the seventh straight year. Winning pitcher was Masahiro Tanaka. Losing pitcher Clayton Kershaw, the save, went to Tanaka's teammate of the Yankees, flamethrower, Cuban Missile, Araldis Chapman. All in all, it was a good All-Star game. It wasn't as home run, as much of a home run frenzy as it was last season, last year's where all the runs were scored via home run. This year, you had more of a basic offense going on. Uh, Pete Alonso, he came in later. He came in for um, in the middle innings, hit a two-run single in the. the uh, top of the eighth to make it four to three, cut the lead down, and then him and Paul DeYoung of the Cardinals both stole a base. So they had second and third with two outs in the eighth. The NL, the NL could not tie it, and then went down one, two, three in the ninth. Michael Brantley back in Cleveland and laced an RBI double in the second to get the scoring started. Then a couple other runs scored later. Joey Gallo comes in, first pitch he sees in his first All-Star game, and blasts a solo shot to right field. Did you expect anything less, though, from Joey Gallo? Uh, Shane Bieber, again, is the MVP. Pitched uh, scoreless innings, struck out all three batters he faced. Jacob DeGrom of the Mets also had a perfect inning. And all in all, it was a great, great all-star game to watch perhaps one of my favorites to watch I kept score during it it was overall just an awesome time I can't wait till next year when it's in LA it's gonna be awesome a lot of people were kind of conflicted with Shane Bieber winning the MVP and a lot of people thought it should have gone to home Homer to Joey Gallo because of his Homer but honestly, I think Shane Bieber was deserved. Was Joey Gallo deserving of it? Yes, but I do agree with Shane Bieber getting the uh, All-Star Game MVP. He's the third player, if I read it correctly, the third player ever to win the All-Star Game MVP in his home park. So that's something cool that we also got to see. They also... CC Sabathia back in Cleveland where his career started. It's his last day or last season in the major leagues. He get threw out the first pitch and then came out to talk to Chapman in the ninth just so he could get or just to get um one last ova or one last glimpse from the Cleveland faithful that were in attendance. And then they um uh, they had a Moment of silence at the beginning of the game for Tyler Skaggs, Mike Trout, and Tommy LaStella. The Angels both wore number 45. All the players had a little number 45 patch on their uh, jerseys, which I thought was a great touch. I love seeing that. <clears throat> and then they had their annual Stand Up to Cancer initiative. Uh, Indian starter Carlos Carrasco came out of the dugout when they were holding up the cards to say, I stand up for, and you put someone's name in. Carlos Carrasco came out and his teammates stood next to him and had Cookie, which is his nickname, on there, which I thought was awesome to see as well. This year's All-Star Game was one of the best I've ever seen, and hopefully next year in L.A. tops it even more. I loved the player interviews. I loved Freddie Freeman during his at-bat. 
he's getting interviewed. Talk, you can hear him smack talking with Justin Verlander. It was oh, it was just so cool to see that to see a game that doesn't mean anything but it does mean something. You know, it gives you more access accessibility to the players and all that, and it was just a lot of fun. And it gave me something to smile about with Pete Alonso winning the home run derby. I get some bragging rights over a couple Blue Jays fans that I um, know and a couple Yankees fans. <clears throat> so we're going to transition from the All-Star break into the Mets. We're going to talk about the Mets for a little bit. I just um, I mentioned in my last episode I wanted this to come up on Wednesday. Today is Thursday when it goes up. <clears throat> But I'm so I'm a day behind. But what I think I'll have my latest piece for TSJ will be up, stating pretty much exactly what I'm going to be telling you guys what I think the Mets should do. Whether they're buyers or sellers, they're wait. The team stated they are waiting until they get closer to the deadline to see where they stand. However, the front office, Mickey, players all feel they still have a shot in 2019. So. It, it really is a toss-up. Right now, they're probably sellers, but I would not be surprised if they became buyers at the deadline. So in my latest article, I talked about reasons why they should sell, reasons why they should buy, and my personal opinion. So reasons why they should sell, I discussed that they're 10 games under 500, the 13 and a half back in the East. They're seven games back in the wild card. And yes, it's only seven games, but they have nine teams to jump just to make the second wild card spot. You know, they have eight teams plus the second team right now is the Phillies. So they have to jump all nine of those teams. And they're 27 and 42 against teams over 500. And a majority of those teams are over 500. So they've, they're struggling to play against teams that are better. And to have to jump nine teams to make the wild card spot is going to be a struggle. It's certainly doable. You know, Mickey Kelly said anything can happen. Just look at what the Nationals did. Nationals hit rock bottom. They were almost at pace with the Marlins. And then they found it in them. They kept grinding away and clawed their way back. And now they hold the top wild card spot and hit sit second place in the NL East. So, and again, anything can happen in baseball. That's the beauty of it. What do they have to sell? I uh, We just... Um, they have a few, not a lot, but they have a few assets that they would be willing to trade, I should say, that can get them a nice return. Zach Wheeler is the biggest name. According to Anthony DeComo, a Mets beat writer, Zach Wheeler being traded is probably the most likely guaranteed deadline move. Trading Zach Wheeler, considering he's going into his free agent year, he could get you a nice prospect he can maybe get you some bullpen a little bit of bullpen help or some minor league depth uh, he's got a 3.85 era with more than a strikeout per nine over the last two seasons that's not all that's very a very great investment as a team the yankees braves brewers astros and twins have all been uh the top teams in on them in the bidding war for wheeler be interesting to see what direction the Mets would go I would not expect them to trade within the division and give Wheeler to the Braves I also would not expect them to give Wheeler cross town to the Yankees I do see though them giving him to the Brewers Astros or Twins you know they almost got him gave him to the Brewers back in 2015 for those of you who remember the infamous Wilmer Flores fake trade 
but again, Zach Wheeler is probably their best asset to trade off. They don't have much other trade value. Todd Frazier and Jason Vargas could get some minor league depth. <clears throat> Maybe some, I don't want to say mediocre, but may, uh, because they're professional athletes, but maybe a mediocre depth piece off the bench. But they could shed, they could take off about seven and a half million combined from those two off their payroll if they were to trade them off. Juan Lagares is another name that's been brought up who would take about four million off your payroll if the Mets were to set essentially salary dump these guys. Wilson Ramos also has been brought up, but the Mets, they need him and for the rest of this year and in 2020, and they need him. So I doubt that they would end up trading him. All other guys that have club control after this season include uh, Dom Smith and Noah Syndergaard. Syndergaard, again, we're hearing rumors about him with the Padres. I doubt, considering Syndergaard's under club control still, along with Dom Smith, and considering the value that Smith and Syndergaard have brought in the past and currently with the team, I doubt the Mets are going to be willing to trade him, or either one of those two for that fact. But again, anything could happen. It could happen. It could very well happen. I don't see it happening, especially Syndergaard or Dom Smith. Um, but, you know, Ramos, Ligares... Vargas, Frazier could all very well be moved. But if you think about it, if the Mets were to sell off those guys, they're still very strong offensively. You can put J.D. Davis at third, who's hitting over 400 at home. You got Anthony K. racing through the minors, who can be with the team sooner rather than later. So they do have... It's more of a fine-tweaking if they were to sell. It wouldn't be a full-blown sell mode. If they were to quote-unquote sell, I would see them <clears throat> more of fine-tuning the roster to compete in 2020 and play out the rest of this year and see how it goes, <clears throat> which leads us into why they should buy. Yes, they have nine teams to get past to get into the wild card, but it's only seven games. You know, it's, only se it's certainly within striking distance. <clears throat> And really, they just have to get back to 500. You know, you win 13 out of 20, you slow or 13, 15 out of 20, you're slowly clawing your way back up to that 500 mark. If they were buyers, they're probably going to go to the bullpen. They got one of the worst bullpens in baseball right now. Simply put, we've talked about it in the past. You need arms to help lock up games. They've shown interest. There's been rumors. Uh, that they're interested in Shane Green and Joe Jimenez of the Tigers. Uh, those could potentially, if the Mets maybe trade Wheeler to the Tigers, maybe they could get one of those two. Probably Joe Jimenez would be the most likely to be in the return. And a Zach Wheeler trade, I feel like the Tigers are going to want as much as they can get for Green. They're going to want more than Wheeler. Uh, with buying, the Mets would also show that, I mean, they're serious. They're serious. When Brody said, come get us in spring training, people were like, yes, this is awesome. I love this guy. And it's not exactly panning out. But if he, the Mets were to buy, it would show their fans a vote of confidence that they actually mean it. You know, and trading off a guy, as, much, as tough as it would be to see him go, I do not want Wheeler to get traded. But it seems almost inevitable that Zach Wheeler... And then probably Todd Frazier and or Jason Vargas will get moved. I don't think Vargas will, excuse me, also get moved because 
then the Mets won't have they'll be down two starters they got two starters they got to find so it should be interesting to see how it plays out you know if the Mets are going to be willing to give up pieces they if they can get good returns mostly in the bullpen they'll probably most of their trades will be bullpen help or they'll start replenishing their farm system considering they love the talent that they currently have but overall I would fine tune it I would do a mixture of both I know I talked about this in my article as well. I would finish the season with some optimism, but also still compete. You know, compete, but we're not going all in, essentially. And then I would go all in with off season and with off season acquisitions if you need to. I'd go all in in 2020. You know, World Series or bust kind of attitude. The way this year's gone, I do feel that they could still make the playoffs, but they're going to have to make some tough decisions. You know, Zach Wheeler doesn't want to go, but they may not have really a choice. But if you can build around, you know, uh, your rotation of DeGrom, Mats, and Syndergaard at the top, and then the young stacked offense they have, they could definitely put together a great run to finish out the season this year and definitely put out a great run. In 2020 so it should be interesting I know I kind of went through that all kind of fast but you know it's really where do will the Mets stand at the deadline will determine what they do it should it again should be very interesting to see what they do I'm very intrigued to hear how they play it out and uh, again the deadline is July 31st which as of today is 20 days away it is a Wednesday, so do not be surprised if you see some new faces on the mats and if you see some old faces gone come the end of July. That's going to wrap it up for Episode 5 of the Our City Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed recap our boy Pete Alonzo capturing the Home Run Derby. AL tops the NL for the seventh straight year. Shane Bieber, Bieber of the hometown Cleveland Indians is your All-Star Game MVP. And what the Mets plan on doing at the deadline. You know, Zach Wheeler's probably on his way out. Todd Frazier could potentially be on his way out along with Jason Vargas. There's, again, the rumors we see with Noah Syndergaard and the Padres. Hopefully that does not come to light. I don't know who the Mets could possibly want in return that isn't prospects. But for a team that said they want to win now, you can't trade off your guys you need to win now for prospects. So... It should be, again, it should be fun two weeks to see where the Mets, two and a half weeks now actually, to see where the Mets go. We hope you enjoyed listening to episode five of the Our City Podcast. We will be back on Sunday probably. We'll just talk about how the Mets look coming out of the break in the first com- in first couple games, and then we'll be back on schedule with our weekly episodes. Thank you guys for tuning in to Episode 5 of the Our City Podcast. Hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, leave them down below. Make sure you're subscribing, telling your friends, all that good stuff about what we got going on over here. Let's go Mets.